Hello and welcome to the Hugenhoff Podcast, episode 62. And my wife recently told me that it was National Cheesecake Day, so that's what the podcast is going to be about. No, not really. Uh, it, it did sort of inspire me to do this topic, but before we jump into that, I want to apologize once again. Unfortunately, Laura's not going to be on today. Um, it's just been really hard to get our schedules together, and I've just been real busy this month. I don't even know how. Just It just feels like it was about the third of the month, and then all of a sudden, I looked at the calendar, and it's the 31st, so... Time has been flying for me. Lots been going on. So I do apologize that Lore won't be on, but I do want to go over the station news. Um, as I mentioned last time, there's a little trouble with the RSS. Uh, it had to do with a corrupt database, so I have fixed that, and it shouldn't be an issue anymore. And I'm just going to watch the files real close to make sure that they're still working. Um, I also wanted to mention, if you want to check out my website, please do so. And that is at hugenhoff.org. That's H-U-G-I-N-H-O-F.org. And there you can find my podcast, and um, you can listen to it straight from the webpage, or you can click the RSS and put in a pod reader of some sort. Now, I know not everybody knows what pod readers are, and if you listen to a lot of podcasts like I do, they're super helpful, and especially for my podcast, because it only comes out once a month, it's nice to get an app to download it for you. I personally use Podkicker, uh, which is available for Android. There are lots of different podcast apps, and most of them will will accept an RSS feed, and I would make sure that your pod, your podcast app accepts an RSS feed, because then you can just pop mine in there, and it'll automatically update whenever I put it out, which is usually around the first of the month, and you can listen to all your other podcasts there as well. So, with that said, I want to remind everybody that I am always interested in feedback, and you can send that to me at Hugenhoff podcast at gmail.com. That's hugenhoffpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find that email on my webpage. And any email that's on my webpage, it will definitely get to me. I have everything forwarding so I don't don't miss emails. So I do love to get emails. And a great thing that I'd like to get is uh, podcast topics. Um, you know, other stuff to talk about. When Laura's back on, we're going to get back into the lore and when it's just me, I'm just going to kind of do what I feel is most appropriate for the time. That said, I I did actually just make a cheesecake, so that's fun. Um, what I want to talk about, though, is this idea of making things for yourself. I feel like in the society that we live in today, and I hope I haven't done a podcast about this. Sometimes I forget. Um, but anyway, the society we live in today is so convenient, and it's great. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I wish it was any other way. But things are so convenient. You can you can throw a meal in a microwave, and five minutes later or whatever, you have a complete meal. All you did is unwrap a box, and then you're done. And it's real easy to do that and it's real convenient and you can get on to doing other things so it seems like that's kind of the way you should do just throw a box in the microwave and get a meal it usually tastes tolerable um you could go the other extreme and drink soylent which is just a complete meal replacement so you don't have to bother eating at all 
uh, you just open up a bottle and drink and you're not hungry anymore and you move on to bigger and better things. It seems real tempting to do that. And like that would be a a totally good thing with no downsides. You know, you just, if you don't care about flavor, maybe you get over that and you're like, oh, I'm just going to drink my soil and I'm done. Or maybe you do care about flavor and you're like, I'm just going to put this box in the microwave, push a button, go do something else, come back five minutes later and there's my food, I'm done. Or maybe you, if you have a little more money, you're like, I'm just going to go out to eat. I will pay someone else to make my meal for me. It's worth it. I save time. Great. Done. There is a place for that. If you're traveling, for example, when I go see my parents or my wife's parents, we usually do stop at a restaurant or bring some like pre-made food, pre-packaged food with us and we eat it on the way because we don't have time to stop and make a full meal. And at work, I actually drink Soylent. I don't have time to stop in the middle of my work day and prepare a meal. I don't have facilities there. They don't have an oven where I work. So I can't make a home-cooked meal at my work. So it's just necessary to do something a little more convenient, like a microwave meal or whatever. But when you're at home, I think that there is a good argument to say that maybe we should make things from scratch more often than we do. Um, one of those reasons is there's a certain feeling of accomplishment that comes along with that. You know, it's not hard to cook. It's relatively easy. But when you make something for yourself and you make it from scratch, you do feel like you have accomplished something. And that's a feeling that I feel like sometimes we don't have very much in the modern world. We're so, and I'm going to borrow a term from Marx, not because I'm a fan of Marx, but because I think he had a good point here. Um, we're very alienated from our labor. So it used to be, if I was a carpenter, I'd start out with some wood and I'd put this chair together and I'd I'd build it and I'd stain it and then maybe I'd see this finished product and I was like, I started with a big pile of wood and now I've got this cool chair and then I'll, that, that'll give me a certain amount of joy and then I'll sell it. And um, today, especially after the advent of the assembly line, you know, the classic Ford assembly line, you put this one piece on the car or or maybe your job is even simpler, you tighten three bolts, and you do that 17,000 times a day. That's all you do. You tighten these three bolts. So you see a piece come in that's not really meaningful. You see the same piece come out, no major change. It's not undergone any major change. It looks kind of the same. You don't have a feeling of accomplishment. Whereas if you had built the car from scratch, you would have a feeling of accomplishment. And when I say from scratch, I'm talking about people who do rebuild cars, which is not me. But sometimes people will buy this beat-up frame of a car and they'll they'll clean it up and then they'll put the engines on and the wheels on and the body and the doors and everything. And my understanding is there's a huge feeling of accomplishment because you're like, I started with this beat-up old frame that looked terrible. And now that I'm all done, I've, I've got a car, a nice-looking car, and that's a good feeling. But most people... In most careers that we have today, there are exceptions, but in most careers we have today, 
you don't see that. You don't see the finished product. Even if you're in something like accounting, you don't start out with somebody saying like, no, here's my number, here's my, here's my income and, and my expenses. I don't know where my money is. And then you go through and you make everything make sense and it's all neat and orderly at the end. Now, some personal accountants will actually have that. And I, believe that would be a feeling of accomplishment. But most of us, even in an industry like that, would be like, okay, well, I do the account receivable portion of the accounting for this firm or whatever that I'm working for. So, and, and I only do the account receivable for this department. So you're doing a very small piece and you it's hard to see how that fits into the bigger picture. picture. So you don't have a feeling of accomplishment once you've done that. You're just like, eh, I did my thing, and now it's done. I produced X number of widgets. I balanced X number of customers. But there's not really that whole thing where you see all of your work coming into something and creating a finished product. And there's a lot of ways you could get that feeling of accomplishment, which which would all be healthy if you were good with woodworking. Carpentry would be a great way. Um, but cooking's an easy way, and it's a universal way. Who doesn't cook? Who doesn't know the basic tenets of cooking? I mean, making bread. You put flour and water together, and you stir it, then you add some yeast, and then you put it in the oven, and you're done. Now, uh, something that I probably have talked about in the past is meat. This is one of the huge reasons I love meat. I start out with literally some honey and some water and some yeast, and I stir them up, and I I... I measure them into the correct amounts and I watch it ferment and I I rack it, I bottle it, and then finally I drink it. And that's one of the reasons I really like being able to make my meat from scratch and then drink it when I'm done because there is a huge feeling of accomplishment. That's why it's something so powerful to share with the gods. Um, but cooking is kind of the same thing on this, on a smaller level. And another thing I like about it is you have this idea, oh, how do you say, um, you're literally making something that nourishes you. So it's something that if if you don't eat, you die, obviously. So this thing that you're making and this finished product you're seeing is actually sustaining you. And if you have a family, as I do, it's sustaining your family as well. Now, granted, the paycheck is where you get the ingredients, and arguably the paycheck is more important than actually making food on a purely objective level, but it doesn't have the same feeling behind it as something like cooking might. So I think there's a real joy to be had in, uh, talking about cooking in particular for a moment, there's a real joy to be had in cooking and making things from scratch. You get a mild version of that, I guess, if you make something from a cake mix. But it's not really the same, because somebody, you have a box that has a cake on it, and then you come out with a cake. So you're like, well, it was a box, and now it's a cake. But you had the picture on the box, you know somebody else did the measuring. I feel like truly making something from scratch, you know, you look up a recipe, or you make your own recipe, that'd be great. But you look up a recipe, and you're like, I have a bag of flour, and and some water and some yeast and then I come out with a loaf of bread or I have you know these five containers of cream cheese and some graham crackers and I come out with a cheesecake that's a really cool feeling I really do think that's a cool feeling just that idea that you are creating something from beginning to end and you have that 
feeling of accomplishment and there there is not an alienation from your labor. You see what your labor did. You see what your hard work did. You see the end product and you enjoy the end product. And even better, so does your family. So I think that's really something that would be a good idea for people to get back into. Um, you also have this idea that families traditionally met around the dinner table uh, you know, our ancestors, it always talks about how they met for feasts and stuff like that, but all, again, very much around cooking and preparing food and stuff like that. And one of the big reasons, I think, is because food is so integral to life. You need it for sustenance. You need it to live. So there's this idea that you're sharing this very primal, basic thing, First of all, we all have it in common. We can't live without it. Even something like sharing mead, which is just as powerful, but in a different way. But even sharing mead or something, there's always the idea that if someone's really not into it, and I'm kind of thinking about family here, you have a rebellious kid, they could just not join you anymore. They could perfectly well survive on their own. But no one can survive without food. Which is what makes it such a powerful thing to bring us together, I think. Um, I had this come up, that's been ages ago now, but I went uh, backpacking with a couple of my friends. And we had kind of all brought our own food and we we're like, ah, we'll fend for ourselves. That was the plan. We never put it into words, but the plan was sort of we'll all fend for ourselves. But we ended up pooling our food and our resources and we all put the different stuff that we brought into a pot and we cooked it and somebody prepared it and we all shared it. And I thought that was a cool experience because I was like, um, this really feels neat because we're eating together and that's such a, a basic thing and we all contributed towards this meal. Because like, I think someone had, I don't know, ramen noodles or something. That was probably me because that's one of my mainstays. Um, but somebody else had like canned tuna that they were going to make something with and you know you put those together um not a gourmet meal canned tuna and ramen noodles there's some other stuff in there and it wasn't a gourmet meal but we had been hiking all day and we were hungry and it made us full and there's just a big sense of camaraderie that comes with that idea of sharing food so i think um cooking stuff from scratch and sharing it with your family is a great thing to do. You kind of think our ancestors did do that a lot, uh, the idea of the hearth as the center of the family. And we did just do our friggin' bloat, so I sort of had that in my mind, I suppose, that idea of, of the hearth and and the home and, and all of that other stuff. And um, certainly my wife actually does more cooking than I do. Um, she's better at it as well. So so I think that she sees the value in that as well. But uh, that's just something that really we don't do anymore. And I don't think that's a good thing that we don't do it anymore. I really do think that there's a certain amount of pride that comes from creating something on your own. And you know, this kind of reminds me of some of these other stories when you have a lot of um, stories in the lore where strength and hard work, and really hard work is emphasized. Thor oftentimes is um, 
seen as positive and good because he does hard work. There's the Frau Holder story, which is probably the best example, where it really says hard work is important and we need to do hard work. <coughs> Excuse me. I think that makes a lot more sense when you actually create something from beginning to end. Because again, with our alienation from our labor, a person who works really hard all day in a factory versus a person who kind of just does the minimum in the factory, there's not a huge difference in how those people feel at the end of the day. I mean, I think the person who works hard will be more proud of themselves, and justifiably so. They'll feel like they help the company. But someone who is lazy when preparing food versus someone who is hardworking when preparing food, there is a huge difference because the lazy person's food's not going to be any good. The hard worker's food will be good. So it's just nice to see your efforts pay off so directly within a couple of hours, maybe three hours, including cooking time. You're like, I worked hard on a thing. Here is the results of that thing that I worked hard on. It's nice to see that because so often I think that we don't with the kind of jobs that most people work today. So, yeah, I just, I would, I would absolutely suggest everybody go out there and cook something, make it from scratch. I think, I think that's cool. If you just hate cooking, uh, that's fine too. You can make something else from scratch. But I really like the idea of it. Another thing I like the idea of is gardens because my wife's been pretty good about keeping a garden this year and letting the girls help out and sort of teach them about where things come from. Again, this alienation from the natural world is huge. Um, It's kind of a major issue in a lot of ways. But I'm just thinking for kids especially and even more especially kids who grow up in town or city or whatever and maybe don't have access to a garden it's like do they know where their food comes from it's like oh you you know you go to the store and you buy a tomato it's like yeah but where does that come from it comes from the ground it comes from mother nurthus herself the whole idea of this life death rebirth cycle is captured in a garden you know In the spring, you plant the seeds, you see the life grow, you see it mature through the summer, you see it ready to harvest in the fall, you harvest it, you sustain yourself through the harvest that you made, it dies in the winter, but then it comes back the next year when you plant the garden again. And I think that's a really important important lesson for us to learn. Because it's, it's really easy to take that for granted. And I think as adults, it's very easy for us to say like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I, I get that principle good enough. I know tomatoes don't come from the grocery stores. I know they go from the ground. I got it. But what about your kids? I mean, they maybe, I mean, they haven't. They definitely, unless you've shown them, they have not seen a tomato grow. They have not seen plants grow and then be harvested and eaten for food. So that's a lesson that I think is very important that we teach our children. And I think in also true, you see a lot of um, emphasis on nature. You have things like the elves and the land whites, which are spirits of nature. So that's kind of saying, hey, nature is important. We need to watch these spirits of nature or whatever. Um, The fact that we pay them any heed or any honor at all 
demonstrates that our ancestors thought the natural world was important. Uh, you also have um, Frey, for example. Frey is obviously very much a god of nature. Um, so, and and Seif is a good example with the the idea of her hair and being cut and making analogies between harvest and stuff like that. Uh, you, you've just got a lot of the gods and goddesses who are associated with nature. And I think it's easy for us to forget the importance of that and maybe not pass that importance on to our kids. So I think that it is really important that we do that. Um, and I do think that a garden is a great way to do that. And taking things from your garden and then preparing them into a meal would be another great thing to do, which I definitely want to get into more. Unfortunately, I'm, I don't know, maybe I'm just a hedonist or a or I eat too much candy, but most of what I make is desserts because I love making desserts. And, you know, that's that's sometimes not the best when you're trying to make the point that this sustains us instead of this is a treat. Because I don't really want to get into the place where it's like, oh yeah, the natural world is a fun treat. Because it's more than that. It's what sustains us. And most desserts that I make we've got an apple tree but other than that we don't have a lot of fruit that we're growing this year so most of the desserts that i make are not incorporating things from the garden i do want to make an apple pie maybe i will do that and that would be cool i think especially for the girls if if we could go out there and be like hey remember this apple tree that you've eaten apples off of before this apple tree that that you watch grow every year, that you watch die every year and come back with new apples every year. Let's pick apples and then let's go inside and let's cut the apples up and make a pie crust and put the apples in there and throw it in the oven and then here's a pie when we're all done. Really stress that connection that the beginning of everything is in the natural world. It is things growing in the earth and... And then through a lot of work, you make them something more than they used to be, and then you enjoy the fruits of your labors. In the case of apple pie, quite literally, fruits. Anyway, I I just think that's a really important lesson that we pass on to our children uh, for these reasons that I've said, that we need to remember that we are influenced by nature and we need to remember that we are inside this life death rebirth cycle it's so easy to feel like we're outside of nature like oh here's nature and here's us over here ha give me stuff nature and it doesn't work that way you are part of the natural world um unfortunate or fortunate and i would lean towards fortunate you will eventually die that is just a truth of life We don't have to look at that as a negative thing. We don't have to be petrified of death at every turn. We can look at it as this is the life cycle and we are going through this life cycle with the rest of the earth. But just as 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 all other animals, they die, but they they the species carries on and plants die in the winter and then come back, we will carry on as well. And how spiritual you want to take that is entirely up to you. But at the very least, you are carrying on in the sense that your ideals 
and your ideas and who you are are carried into the future through your children, not in the sense that they think like you or they are exactly like you or clones of you, but in the sense that who you are makes them who they are. And that's something that is important to realize and recognize that regardless of what you want the case to be, you will influence your children. And if you're like, well, I think I'm a bad person, so I'm going to abandon my children, that's a huge influence. And don't do that. Please, don't do not do that. Um, if you think you're a bad person, do some personal work and make yourself a good person and then influence your children positively. And I do think everybody can do that. Um, but yeah, I'm sort of off on a tangent, so sorry about that. Let me rein it back in. I just think that this idea that nature is important and that we are part of this greater cycle is something important to teach your kids. And I think by growing a garden and then preparing your food and seeing that the very thing that gives them life doesn't come from somewhere outside of nature. It doesn't come from the supermarket. It comes from the land. Ultimately, everything that's in the supermarket came from the land. And to teach our kids that, I think it's necessary to sometimes be like, okay, here's a thing that we grew. Now let's let's actually eat it. Um, I think that's an important lesson. And with the cooking thing, again, I just think it's... Uh, a really powerful thing to to create this thing from scratch and then see the product of your efforts. An added bonus, and I'm not an end-of-the-world type of person. I don't think Ragnarok's coming in my lifetime or even my kid's lifetime. And I don't think society is going to collapse or any of that stuff. That's just not something that I think. So I'm, I'm not a prepper, and I never will be. If you are, that's fine. I don't care, but that's not a thing that I do. What I do like, though, if you can have a small garden patch and be able to make edible food from ingredients that can sit around for a while, you know, again, bread from flour and water, there is sort of this nice element that you know, let's just say it's something really simple, like the power goes out for a couple of days or something, everything in the fridge goes bad. But maybe if you know how to cook with something more than than a box mix, even though it might not be the greatest food in the world, you could probably, even without the internet, scrounge up a quick bread recipe if you've made bread before and be like, okay, well, I remember flour and water and and yeast, so I'll get the amount about right, I'll get the, the, the texture about right, it's like, yeah, this feels wrong, I'll put some more in, whatever. And then maybe you could build a fire, because, well, I, I don't know if most people know how to build a fire. I assume they do. If you don't, you should probably learn. Maybe build a fire and make a makeshift oven and put it in there. There is sort of a nice, quote-unquote, survival element to it. That's real nice with the garden, too, and fresh vegetables. You know, in case something happens like, uh, the power's out. I don't want to drive. I can, but I don't want to drive to town and buy a bunch of prepackaged food. It's probably going to be back up soon. I can just survive for a couple days on on what I have. I, I think that's a nice security feeling to have. 
Um, if the world really does end, you're not going to be prepared with just a garden and some canned food and some flour and water. You're not going to be prepared enough to survive long term. So I don't think that should be the motivation, but it would be kind of cool to be like, well, I'll be, I'll be all right for a couple days if the power goes out. Or, or you know, just let's, let's take something even more realistic. Let's say it's Sunday afternoon. And you don't have any food in the house. And you're like, well, I'm hungry. I don't want to go to the store. I don't get delivery out here because I'm too far away. Or if you're in town, I get delivery here, but crazy expensive. So I'm not going to pay the delivery person to come out. Well, you don't have to. You could just, you know, you could just be like, I'll just whip up a quick thing for me to eat. Um, th- there's there's a lot of practical applications for this as well um and i don't want to underestimate those i i don't want to say this is all some spiritual thing and i'm also not trying to like i don't know do some holier than thou thing that's like oh i cook and understand the grand cycle of the universe and you're a bunch of peasants who don't get it i don't think i'm special for cooking i think most people do cook and at the very least I think most people can cook and I don't think it's some crazy life-altering moment the first time you make a dish this is a small thing a small thing that feels good and gives you a feeling of accomplishment but I think those small things are important and to have lots of little small things just throughout the day that make your day better make you feel more connected to the earth make you feel more connected to yourself I mean, make you feel more connected to your family. Because, you know, my mom was always someone who was big into cooking. A lot of people in my family were. My my grandma was. Um, I don't know. Just a lot of people in my family were really into cooking. And they, they'd put big meals together and stuff like that. Um, I was thinking I had a chef in the family, but I can't remember who it would be, so I very possibly made that up. Anyway, um, a lot of my family did like cooking. It was just something that they liked to do. And I I do kind of like carrying on that tradition, too. And, you know, when I'm making something, sometimes it's kind of nice because I could call my sister or something and be like, hey, I'm making this. I don't know... (sighs) Okay, so an example would be like, oh, I'm making this thing, but I'm out of this ingredient. So I'm making cookies, but I'm out of eggs. Can't you, like, substitute something for eggs? I could ask that question. Or like, oh, I'm making these brownies, but I'm all out of oil. Can't you substitute applesauce for oil or something weird? And then she'd be like, oh, yeah, you can do that. Or no, no, that doesn't really work. And And it's an excuse to just, like, call a family member and be like, Hey, I need help with this thing. But, you know, also, what's up? How are you doing? That's kind of another advantage to it. And, you know, just conversation starters. Because I feel like with, oh, with with family especially, um, we all know how important it is to be part of our families. But, like, what do you talk about? Uh, one one of the big reasons that I think family is so important is Ostro, but I'm not going to go up to my mom and be like, "Hey, let's talk about Ostro." You know, she knows that I'm Ostro. We've had discussions about it. She doesn't want to hear it. She just doesn't. And I'm same thing with 
my sister, she's very supportive. She has no problem with me being true, but she doesn't want to hear about it either. So you don't want to just talk people's ears off when they really don't care. It's it's kind of rude, and they're probably just going to stop talking to you. So you can't do that. So I was like, okay, what else do I have in common with with my family? And it's like, video games? Well, no one in my family plays video games, so I can't, I can't talk about that. Book taste relatively different. But... We do all like cooking, and again, that's why I think it's a good thing because so many people do it. Because you but generally, have still, to, or you, well, most people are going you to don't do have some to amount anymore. of cooking. You can do all prepared. So it's still a good thing that you can talk people to people about, that. if for nothing else than a conversation starter, and and you want an excuse to talk to your family, and that one happens to work. I mean, that is a thing that I kind of use it for. So that's nice. Um. Yeah, so I, I I don't think I really need to go on significantly longer about this. I'm I'm sure that everybody gets the idea, but I do want to mention that it's not just food that I think will get you this feeling of accomplishment. It can be creating something. It can be gardening. The nice thing about gardening and food is they draw that relationship between sustenance and the earth and that we need the earth to survive, which is a important thing to have. And, and I really do think that Austria kind of stresses that. So it's something that's nice to be reinforced. Um, but this this alienation from labor and the fact that we don't see our end products, you know, you could do anything. You could write a program, another thing I like to do. Uh, you could, you know, because you start with, you know, a blank page and then you end up with an app or a program that actually does something. Or you could write a book. That's a great thing to do, too. Again, you start with literally a blank page and, you know, 100,000 words later, you've got this whole story. So that's another cool thing where, where you put in a lot of hard work, but you see that end product. And you can share that end product with your friends and family or, or whatever. So I, I guess... What's important here is this is just one of those little things that you can do where you can say, my work matters and my work is important. And, you know, we have stories, the Fraholder one, the best example, where you see someone being rewarded for their work. But I think that we are naturally, just through the way the world works, we are naturally rewarded for our hard work. And something like cooking or writing a book or growing a garden or making a program are all examples of that where you start with nothing and you come out with something that's really that's really cool at, at least in your own mind or why else would you be making it but at least in your own mind you come out with something that's really really cool and that you're proud of and you see that end product so i'm not going to ramble on anymore i've done enough of that I do want to say before I go, I just want to reemphasize how important I think it is that we are connected with the natural world and that we we live because of the natural world. And finally, I want to tell everybody out there, um, cook something. I think it's a lot of fun. It's I, I have only recently gotten into it again, but it is surprisingly rewarding. So it's something I would definitely suggest everybody do. Just, you know, Google a recipe of something you want to try and then make it. And it's a lot of fun. So yeah, try it. 
Anyway, thank you everyone for bearing with me, and I will be back next month. I'm hoping to do one with more. Uh, We will see how our schedules go, but that's definitely going to be the goal. So thank you again for listening, and I will see everyone next month. Fra hail!